we're going to read a few verses of scripture and then I just want to leave a little thought with you. I want you to turn with me today to Luke chapter 2. The Bible class, those bigger ones, uh, were reading uh, from the scriptures in Luke chapter 2. And I want to read from Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Joseph and his mother marvel at those things which were spoken of him. We'll end the reading there at verse 33, and we pray God will bless us. Let's just unite ever so briefly in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank thee again. For our young people and boys and girls that have taken part today. We thank thee for these hymns and choruses that they've sung. For the scripture reading that has been read. And even the instrumental playing by Thomas. And Lord it's been a blessing and a joy to listen to it. And we've been taken up in our thoughts with the message that they have brought. And we know that it has all pointed us to Christ. The saviour of the world. And we do thank thee in, in truth. That Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. And as we close our service today. And turn our attention now to thy word. We pray that by the Holy Spirit. That thou will bless these few thoughts to us. And encourage us thereby. Give us help. May thy word be a light to our feet. And a lamp to our path. For the glory and praise of thy name. For Jesus sake. Amen. Uh, Today I want to think about things connected with the birth of Christ. And I was pondering that every year the big supermarkets produce what they call their Christmas adverts. This year John Lewis' advert was about a penguin called Monty looking for love. And the caption of course was, Give someone the Christmas they're dreaming of. Sainsbury's, as we've said, tried to recreate the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day scene of 1914 on the battlefield. British soldier called Jim shaking hands with a German soldier called Otto. They share stories, show pictures, exchange gifts, have a football match in no man's land. And it all started off with the singing of Silent Night. And it closes with the tune leaning on the everlasting arms. And the head caption, of course, was 
that Christmas is for sharing. Marks and Spencer's advert was to follow the fairies. I didn't quite get that one, to be truthful with you. Um, it's all to do with putting the magic and the sparkle into Christmas. It sort of lost me a bit. Now, this year, the broad Christian church, it possibly was the Church of England, produced its own ad. And to them, you see, they wanted to get across the message that Christmas isn't just about the turkey or the nostalgic chocolate bar or happy penguins or magic and sparkle. Christmas, and this is what they said, starts with Christ. And I have to confess that all the ads that I looked at, and I do look at them on YouTube. I feel like a big tube when I'm watching them, but I'm watching them anyway. And um, I was attracted to this church ad showing a modern couple sitting on the floor of their living room watching their newborn. It's obvious it's their first Christmas as a family. The mother, the father, the baby, the fire's lit, the trees uh, are, are there decorated, there's presents under it. And in the background a song is playing called The Power of Love. The scene of course transforms to that what is purported to be the first Christmas. The, 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 the stable in Bethlehem. And the couple change into Mary and Joseph. And there's a baby in the manger. And then it's only 45 minutes long. And it closes with the caption, Christmas starts with Christ. And you know, that got me thinking. That's right. You see, in this age when there's a secular advertisement campaign... Designed, of course, to get us to spend money in their shops, whether it's Sainsbury's, John Lewis, or, or, or Marks and Spencer's. Here's an ad that really challenges them, because it's not about um, the, the chocolate giants. It's not about uh, penguins or fairies. Christmas really starts with Christ. And, and our children have sung deliberately this morning that Christ, or Jesus, is the reason for the season. And whenever we read the account in Luke chapter 2, when we read what happened eight days later after his birth, when he was presented in the temple in Jerusalem, and met by old Simeon, who under the power of the Holy Ghost made a wonderful prophecy about Christ, that got me thinking, Christmas starts with Christ. And there's things connected with the birth of Christ that so often we forget. Now, now let me bring them to you just very quickly. Bear with me. You see, there's a proclamation about Christ. One of the young people read from Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. And the angel said unto them, that was the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now listen to what Simeon said eight days later. He made reference in verse 26, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
And here's the proclamation. Who is this baby in the manger? And here's the answer. It's the Lord's Christ. It's Christ the Lord. And young people, boys and girls, that got me thinking. Now we can spell the word Christ, can't we? Six letters. C-H-R-I-S-T. But what does it teach us? What does it say to us? Let me just give you this little acrostic that I've come up with myself. The C stands for Christ's coming. Now, of course, we don't believe in our church, in any of our churches, that that Jesus Christ was actually born on the 25th day of December. The truth is, we don't know exactly when the birth of Christ took place. Sometime probably between the end of September through to about the middle or maybe the first week of December. Somewhere in that period, way back 2,000 years ago, the birth of Christ took place. But what we do remember is his coming into the world. And as we're going to hear tonight, he'll come in God's appointed way um, by a virgin birth, Isaiah 7 and 14. He, he come to God's appointed place, Bethlehem. Remember Mary and Joseph were in Nazareth and they traveled 80, 90 miles down to, to Bethlehem, the city of David. And in fact, I'm going to speak in Bethlehem tonight, so I'd like you to come back and, and hear that message. That was prophesied in Micah 5 and 2. It came in God's appointed time. The Bible says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son. He came in God's appointed plan. The Bible says, unto us a child is born. And of course, that's the message. A child is born. But, but listen to the rest of, of Isaiah 9 and 6. And unto us a son is given. You see, the child that was born is the son of God that was given by the Father. Christ's coming. Think of the letter H. It speaks of Christ's humanity. And the Bible says in Hebrews 10 and 5, A body hast thou prepared for me. And that word prepared, as is also in our reading, means to to create out of nothing. And you see, there was Mary as a young teenage girl. And all of a sudden she discovers that she's expecting a baby. How? I'm sure that people were talking. Tongues were wagging behind closed doors. Or maybe sitting around tables. Did you hear about that young girl called Mary? Isn't that such a shame? She's expecting a baby. And she's engaged to that man. And she's not married. And yet what does the Bible tell us? In Luke chapter 1 verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee. Shall be called the Son of of God. And let's remember that Jesus Christ had a real humanity. He was manifested the likeness of our sinful flesh. And the Holy Ghost himself formed that body out of nothing in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And that's the miracle. The miracle of all miracles. Think of the letter R. It stands for Christ's redemption. Here's the third letter in his name. And of course, 
We've got to remember that this baby was born to go all the way to Calvary and to, 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 to shed his precious blood and to die an atoning death. There's a connection between the birth of Christ and the death of Christ. And that can never be forgotten. It cannot be severed. And it have said that the, 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 the third letter is the letter R. And, and you think about how the number three is connected with the death of Christ. Three days. The third R. You see, when he was born, there were things connected to his birth that spoken, foretold about his death. Think about the swaddling clothes he was wrapped in. They were really clothes to wrap a dead body. Think about the gifts he was given, gold, frankincense and myrrh. There were spices there that was used to embalm a, a, a dead body. <coughs> Think of the things that were said about him. Uh, even old Simeon spoke about a sword to his mother on the very uh, a few days immediately after his birth. And of course it was all emblematic and all pictorial that this Christ's child was born to die. Christ's redemption. Think of the letter I. It speaks of Christ's impeccability. Now that's a big word for children, isn't it? What does that mean, Reverend McLaughlin, you're going to say to me? It just means he was sinless. The Bible teaches that he did no sin. He knew no sin. And in him was no sin. Now just think of this little baby. This little baby that was born into the world, that grew up to become a man, age 33, never sinned in thought, in word and deed. He alone could say, I do always those things that please the Father. It stands for Christ's impeccability. Think of the letter S. It stands for Christ's saviorhood. And of course, he was sent into the world to be the saviour. That's what the name Jesus means. It means saviour. The Bible tells us he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Think of the letter T, Christ's teaching. What was he teach? What was the heart of his message? Let me sum it up in one text. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the heart of his teaching. Believing in him. Putting your faith and trust in him as saviour. Because he was sinless. Because he offered a sacrifice. Because God had prepared a special body for him that was preserved without sin. And because that was the reason why he came into the world. There's the proclamation about Christ. Notice two other things just very quickly. There's the presentation of Christ. You see, after his birth, eight days, he was taken to Jerusalem. Mary and Joseph take baby Jesus to the temple. And what do they do? Listen to verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Notice that Jesus is presented. And you know, folks, he's presented in every gospel meeting and every church service. And that's the responsibility of every gospel minister to present Christ faithfully to all who will come and listen. And where is he presented? He's presented in the temple. In the house of God. And is not the responsibility of every servant of God. To present Christ. 
in all his fullness. Christ is presented each week from this pulpit. He's presented outside the four walls of this church within our community. And we present a message of hope and joy and peace. A message where sinners can be reconciled to God. We, we say to men unashamedly that Jesus Christ is the Lord from heaven. He's the saviour of the world. He's the promised Messiah. It's been my privilege for 15 years to present Christ from this pulpit. And he's still being presented. Notice this presentation. How did Simeon respond? It, it says, Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Notice he accepted him. You just get the picture, Mary and Joseph coming into the temple. And old Simeon, full of the Holy Ghost, is thinking about Christ the Lord. This is the Lord's Christ I'm now seeing. And what does he do? He accepts him. He embraces him. He takes him up in his arms and he blesses God. And he starts to speak about him. His heart's full of joy and heart full of comfort. And when Christ is presented to you, how do you respond? Do you receive him? Is he your Lord and Saviour? Or have you re still rejected him? You see, there's a presentation of Christ. One final thing. There's a preparation of Christ. Isn't it interesting that whenever the, the choir of angels boast, break, broke out of heaven and gathered with the other angel that was speaking to the shepherds, this is their message. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill to men. And of course, old Simeon, once he receives Christ, this is what he says. Now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And he was thinking about the word peace. And of course, there's a preparation of Christ. And whenever we receive him, what does he do? He brings our hearts and prepares them in a state of peace. Peace of safety, certainty and enjoyment. And of course, we can only be safe. We can only be certain. And we can only have enjoyment when we receive Christ. Because that's what true peace is. And folks, as we finish this morning, that's what our world needs. That's what Northern Ireland needs. It needs peace on earth. And what is that peace? It's the safety and the certainty and enjoyment that's found in knowing and trusting Christ. And you see, old Simeon could say, now let me depart in peace. In other words, he was saying, Lord, I can die happy now. Because mine eyes have seen and have received your Christ. And he's the embodiment to me of salvation. I'm prepared and ready for heaven now. Christmas starts with what? It starts with Christ. Will you take the word Christ into your mind, boys and girls? Six letters. Think about his coming. He came for me. Think about his humanity. His body was real, just like my body's real. Think about his redemptive work. This child came to bleed and die for me. This child was impeccable. In other words, he was sinless in God's sight. That's how he could offer himself at once and for all, sacrifice for sin. 
Just think about this child saves and he can save me. And I can follow his teaching starting with trusting him as Lord and Saviour. He's been presented to me many times. Have I received him? Have I got that preparation that's necessary for time and eternity? Because the peace of God's in my heart. May the Lord take these few thoughts and bless them to you this morning.